Erev Tov, everybody. Chanukah Sameach. Welcome to another edition of our Thursday night Parashat Shavua class. Tonight we are not only commemorating the weekly parasha, but of course the wonderful holiday of Chanukah, the first night of Chanukah. And I'm sure by now many of you have lit the menorah, the Chanukiah of the first candle. If you haven't, then stop what you're doing. Do not listen to me. And go and light your Hanukkah candles because that takes precedence. And then come back and listen to the shiur. Uh, tonight's shiur is uh, dedicated in memory of Raphael ben Hanania Abtan Zichroni Racha, who we are commemorating this first Nahala uh, today. And Tehi Nafshot Rabbi Torah Hayim, may the words of Torah that we say tonight bring an aliyah to his neshama. And what amazing words we have in store for you today. Tonight's topic is titled Yehuda Tamar and the Hanukkah Miracle. And we're going to look at this holiday in ways that you have never seen it before and somehow connected to Parashat Vayeshev. I say that because most of the time Hanukkah does not fall on Parashat Vayeshev. It falls Parashat Miketz. But this is a very, very interesting year for many reasons. And Parashat Vayeshev is the Shabbat that we are celebrating the holiday. So if you give me permission tonight, Bezrat Hashem, we're going to see and uh, dive into the holiday and the parasha in deep ways. And stay with me, because I guarantee you, you're going to walk out of here tonight with a new understanding of this holiday of lights. In honor of the upcoming eight days of Hanukkah, we will explore several issues related to the mitzvah of Hanukkah candles. We begin with the Gemara tonight in Masechet Shabbat. The Gemara, famous Gemara, says, My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? The rabbis taught us that on the 25th day of Kislev, the days of Hanukkah commence. Eight days in total. Because when the Greeks entered the Hechal, I'm translating the Gemara, they contaminated all the oils in the Hechal. And when the dynasty of the Hashmonaim triumphed and defeated the Greeks, they searched and could only find a single flask of oil that was hidden with the Kohen Gadol's seal on it. And it only contained enough oil for one day. And a miracle occurred with it. And they were able to light the menorah for eight days. And in the following year, they establish and render these days as Yom Tov, characterized by the recital of Halel and expressions of gratitude. Yamim Tovim Behalel Vehoda'ah. Tonight we're going to answer four questions. Rashi explains that in our established practice to recite Halel and Allah Nisim in our Amidah and our Bikat Amazon on all eight days of Hanukkah. Allah Nisim, like I said, it's mentioned in our Amidah, we recite in our Amidah, in the Bracha of Gratitude, in the Bracha of Modim Anachnu Lach, the Blessing of Thanks. It's called the Blessing of Gratitude because it expresses our gratitude to Hashem for all the good that it bestows upon us daily, in the evening and in the afternoon. We also recite Allah Nisim and Birkat Amazon. So first thing we will endeavor to explain is why did our sages find it appropriate to recite both Hallel 
and an expression of gratitude in association with this miracle of Hanukkah. In addition, we're going to focus on the Gemara statement that said that they searched and they could only find a single flask of oil that was hidden and was sealed with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. The commentaries find this perplexing. How did this single flask of oil happen to be in the Hechal? The Hechal is the part of the Bet Hamidash where the Menorah and the Shulchan were. It was right outside the Kodesh HaKodashim. Was it customary for the Kohen Gadol to just produce oil for the kindling of the Menorah? Was it customary for him to put a seal on this flask? So that's another thing we have to address tonight. Aside from saying Hallel and the expression of gratitude, Achachamim also instituted the lighting of candles on all eight days. And the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, that I quoted before, says that the rabbis teach us that the mitzvah can be fulfilled in three different ways. Three different levels of observance. The simplest level is that each person lights one candle each night for the entire household. Then, the second way, a higher level, we call this the mehadrin, where each member of the household lights a candle for himself. Ner lekol echad vechad. And the third, choicest method of fulfilling the mitzvah, which was mehadrin, min mehadrin which is lighting a single candle on the first night of Hanukkah and adding an additional candle with each successive night. Mosif veholech. This is the view of Bet Hillel. According to Bet Shammai, we start with eight and we go down to one. This triple format, Rabotai, is not found in any other rabbinical ordained mitzvah. So therefore, our Chachamim labored to explain why are why did they see it fit to establish three alternative methods for the observance of this mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah? Additionally, the Gemara specifies Ner Hanukkah mitzvah lehanicha al petach betomi bahutz. It's a mitzvah to place the Hanukkah at the doorway to one's house on the outside. In fact, that same Gemara says on which side of the doorway. The Rabbah said to perform the mitzvah properly, it should be within a tefach of the doorway, meaning about 10 centimeters from the doorway. And where does he place them? Machloket. One says on the right side, one says on the left side. And the Gemara concludes that the halacha is on the left side, so that the Hanukkah candles will be on the left and the mezuzah will be on the right. And we will endeavor to explain as well the rationale for kindling the menorah on the left side of the doorway. In order to answer all these questions, we need to look at this week's parasha. The words that I'm going to say tonight are found from the very holy sefer of the Bat'ain, one of the great commentators on the Chumash. You can pick up his sefer in many, many bookstores. It's very deep, very profound. And he demonstrates the amazing connection between Parashat Vayeshev and the miracle of Hanukkah by referring to the passage, the story of Yehuda and Tamar. In a nutshell, what happened with Yehuda and Tamar? Yehuda was married and had children. And Yehuda's first son was married to a girl, Tamar. His name was Er. Er died. 
So Onan married Tamar due to the law of Yibum. Onan died. Yehud had a third son. His name was Shela. But he was too small. He was too young. So Tamar couldn't marry, couldn't marry Shela until he got older. Because uh, he couldn't perform the Yibum until he got older. So she waited and waited and waited. In the meantime, Yehuda's wife passed away. And had it, to make a long story short, Yehuda and Tamar meet on the road. Tamar saw Beruach HaKodesh that she had to be with Yehuda. And she was impregnated by Yehuda. But Yehuda had no idea it was her daughter-in-law. After three months, the Pasuk writes, and these few Psukim are very key to what we're about to learn. And it was after three months. It was told to Yehuda that your daughter-in-law Tamar has committed harlotry because now she's pregnant. It's, it's visible. Not only she is she was pregnant through har- harlotry. Yehuda said, Take her out and let her be burned. She's not allowed to be with another man. She had to wait for my, my son Shela. He mutzet, they took her out. And she sent word to her father-in-law saying, she knew it was Yehuda. And she said, By the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. We're going to see she took out the signs that she kept. Batomer, she said, Hakerna, recognize Lemi Hachotemet Vapetilim Vamatea Ele, whom this signet, this rap, and this staff belong to, knowing that it belonged to Yehuda. Vayaker Yehuda, Vayomer Tzadkami Meni. Yehuda recognized them and said, She is right, it is from me. Kialken lo netatia le Shela Beni, since I did not give her to Shela, my son. So the Bat Ayin says, the allusion inherent in these Pesukim is that to the holiday of Hanukkah. Yehuda represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is consistent with the teaching in Zohar that God's name, Yud K Vav K, is found in the name Yehuda. And the additional letter Dalit in his name is in reference to David HaMelech which, by the way, stems from Yehuda and Tamar. Tamar represents Bnei Israel, the Jewish people. The Pasuk in, Teili, in Shira Shirim writes, Zot komatech dameta letamar. Such is your stature likened to a towering palm tree, a Tamar. The Batayin brings down that the final sealing of judgment of the Yamim Noraim, the High Holidays, is extended until Hanukkah. I gave an allusion to this in my shiur last night, where David HaMelech says, Tashev enosh ad daka, that a man is able to return, he can do teshuvah until daka, daka is gematria 25, dalid kaf aleph, until the 25th day of Kislev. According to the holy books, the decree is written on Rosh Hashanah, it is sealed on Yom Kippur, and it is finalized on Hoshana Rabbah. Nevertheless, even though the decreed notes are issued, they are not enforced until Hanukkah. Why? Because perhaps a person will make amends for his wrongdoings. It turns out that the Kedushah of the holidays extends all the way to Hanukkah. 
then it's permitted for these notes to be enforced. So it it is so vital. It behooves a person to remain connected with the Kedushah of the Yamim Noraim until Chanukah. And the Bat'ayin interprets these Pesukim based on that premise. On Chanukah, the Satan argues that the Jewish people failed to act in consonance with the Teshuvah they performed on Yamim Doraim. And the Jewish people respond by arguing that the fact that they fulfill the mitzvah of lighting the Chanukah candles demonstrates how close they are to God. And if they fall short at times, it's strictly due to the oppression of the galut, of the exile, and the poverty. Rabotai, this is how he interprets the Pasuk. Unbelievable. And it was about three months. This alludes to the three months that have passed since Rosh Hashanah. At this point, the Satan approaches HaKadosh Baruch Hu to prosecute the Jewish people. That it was told to Yehuda as follows. As explained, Yehuda represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tamar represents the Jewish people, God's Kala, God's bride. He accuses the Jews of infidelity. Zaneta Tamar Kalatecha. Tamar has committed harlotry. She has abandoned you. She followed her willful heart. The Jewish people are not listening to you. She is pregnant by harlotry. She's addicted to the desires and the temptations of this world without being influenced by any outside sources. So what does God say? Take her out. Let her be burned. She needs to be punished for this. Let her be sentenced and judged by the fires of Geinam. And she was being taken out. And as she was being taken out, as the Jewish people were being t- taken out to be sentenced and punished, she sent word to her father-in-law saying, she argued that the accusations of the Satan were false. And in fact, the truth was, Le'ish asher elelo anochi hara. By the man to whom these belong, elelo anochi hara, I am pregnant that we are totally devoted to God, the source of chesed. The word elelo, the gematria equals that of chesed. Nevertheless, sometimes we are remiss in our devotion to Hashem and we transgress due to the hardships of our galut and our poverty. To further prove our devotion or Tamar's devotion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, she points out that even though after three months since Rosh Hashanah, she still is here performing mitzvot. She still performs the mitzvah of lighting the Ner Hanukkah. And she said, Hakerna, recognize please, Lemi, Hachotemet, Vapetilimate, who this signet and this wrap and this staff belong to. What is the meaning of the signet? The signet is the pure flask of olive oil that was stamped, it was signed with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, the focus of the Hanukkah miracle. The wrap, the wrap alludes to the wicks of the Hanukkah candles. And the staff, the staff alludes to the vessel, the keli, the vessel itself that holds the olive oil, namely the menorah. And in fact, the gematria for the word hamate plus one for the word itself equals keli. 
59 for mate plus the word keli equals 60. So we see we are totally committed to the mitzvah of Hanukkah, which symbolizes the concept of kiner mitzvah ve Torah or. For mitzvah is a lamp and the Torah is light, a pasuk that we expounded in depth in our Mishle class. Nevertheless, in conclusion, HaKadosh Baruch Hu recognizes this truth and attests to her innocence. Vayaker Yehuda vayomer. Yehuda recognized and said, this Yehuda is God. Tzadka mimeni. She is right. It is from me. They have successfully defended themselves against the accusations of the, of the Satan. I see that they are loyal to me, that they're devoted to me. And yes, albeit they perform some misconduct, chas shalom, it's to the fact that I didn't give them shela beni. Al kenon shela beni. Shela alludes to the Mashiach. Ad ki shiloh. Until the arrival of Shiloh. In the Pasuk in Parashat Vaychi says, Rashi comments that this means Melech HaMashiach. Yehuda saying, because I didn't give them Shiloh, I didn't give her Shiloh. God is saying, because I didn't send the Mashiach, that's why they're sinning. But I understand that they're truly innocent from the fact that even three months later, they're lighting Hanukkah candles. We need to clarify the matter of the sealing of the judgment being extended from Yom HaKippurim until Hanukkah. Harav Chida writes, related to the Pasuk in, Pas, uh, in Sefer Shemot, Ach im yom o yomayim ya'amod lo yukam ki kaspohu. But if he will survive for one day or two days, he will not be avenged, for he is his property. The Chida writes that this Pasuk alludes to the Teshuvah that a person performs during the high holidays. It implies that if he only upholds his teshuvah for one day, that's on Yom Kippur, or on or for two days, that's Rosh Hashanah as well, but then he reverts to his defiant ways, his teshuvah is invalid because his acts of repentance was not sincere. He was only seeking monetary profit or blessing from God. It was not lishma. The true test concerning sincerity of his teshuvah is the test of time. If he upholds his teshuvah throughout the year. The Chida writes, Kiner mitzvah betorah or, for a mitzvah is a lamp and the Torah is light. Kiner mitzvah is an allusion to Hanukkah. Betorah or is an allusion to which other holiday? Chag Shavuot. Zman matan Toratenu. How, what in the world is the connection between Hanukkah and Shavuot? Well, you see, both of these holidays are celebrated in the third month. Hanukkah is celebrated in the month of Kislev, the third month from Tishrei, the beginning of the year. Chag Shavuot is celebrated in the month of Sivan, which is the third month from Nisan, which is the first month of the year. And this phenomenon is, uh, relates to the teaching of the Gemara, that a fetus is noticeable at three months, like we started off in the story of Tamar. And therefore, accordingly, the teshuvah that the Jewish people perform in Tishrei is only recognizable at Hanukkah, which is three months later. And the same is true by Nisan. The Jewish people left Mitzrayim in Nisan, so they would receive the Torah. Their sincere desire their yearning to receive the Torah was apparent when? Three months later, on the holiday of Shavuot. 
And therefore the Pasuk says, Kiner mitzvah v'torah or alutz to Chanukah Shavuot. That both of those holidays attest to the sincerity of the Teshuvah, their yearning to receive the Torah after three months' time. Now we can better appreciate the interpretation of the Bat Ain. And it was after three months, after three months have passed from the Yamim Noraim, the Teshuvah that the Jewish people performed should still be discernible on Hanukkah. And it was told to Yehuda as follows that your daughter-in-law Tamar has committed harlotry and she's pregnant by harlotry. Meaning to say, if chas v'shalom, their behavior is not consistent with their teshuvah and they did not amend their ways but clung to the matters of olam azeh, then it's apparent that this three-month-old fetus does not really represent kedusha. But on the other hand, if Chanukah arrives and B'nai Yisrael fulfill the mitzvot by our blessed Chachamim, for this festival, a holiday that was given to us by our rabbis, invoking the miracles of HaKadosh Baruch Hu performed on behalf of our forefathers, by Yamimahem, in those times, to be performed by Zeman Azeh, in these times as well, then they demonstrate their desire to be close to Hashem. In fact, their actions are not always appropriate. If that's the case, not to worry. It's entirely due to the Yetzirah, and the oppression of the other nations. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu exonerates us and provides us with abundant good that lies in store for us from the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. There is a Gemara in Masechet Sota continuing with this idea that writes, Yohanan Kohen Gadol, Yohanan the Kohen Gadol, Shama Batkol, heard a heavenly voice, Mibet Kodesh HaKodashim that was emanating from the chamber of the Kodesh HaKodashim. And the voice said, Nitzcho Talia de Azlu Le'agcha Kirva Le'antuchia. The young men who went to wage war in Antioch have been victorious. He got, he heard a, a voice that the men who fought in Antioch were won. The Bnei Yisachar explains the significance of this announcement. On Yom Kippur, many years before the miracle of Hanukkah, God informed Yohanan, the Kohen Gadol at the time, of the miracle of Hanukkah that was going to transpire in the times of his son, Matityahu. Matityahu was one of the sons of Yohanan, Kohen Gadol. He told him in advance, he know, this was on Yom Kippur because he heard it from the Kodesh HaKodashim. It's the only time when a Kohen Gadol can be in the Kodesh HaKodashim. In fact, the Bnei Sashar says, this is the reason the Chashmonaim who instituted the recital of Allah Nisim, commemorating the miracle of Hanukkah in the times of Matityahu, intentionally mentioned the name of Yohanan Kohen Gadol at the beginning of the passage. Bime Matatiyah Ben Yohanan Kohen Gadol. Why do I care if he's Ben Yohanan Kohen Gadol? Just say, Bime Matatia. No. We mention Yohanan Kohen Gadol because after all, he was the first person to be informed of the future victory of the Chashmonaim over the Greeks. The miracle of Hanukkah. How? By this Batkol on Yom Kippur. We clearly see that there is a connection between Yom Kippur and the miraculous victory of the Chashmonaim over the Greeks on Hanukkah. 
What is the profound connection? Based on what we learn, we can suggest something that hopefully will be appealing to everyone. We have learned that the judgment of Yom Kippur is finally sealed approximately three months later on Hanukkah. We have learned that those three months demonstrate that the Teshuvah Yisrael performed on Yamim Noraim was sincere because we're lighting the candles. And therefore God saw fit to reveal the news of a future victory of the Hashmonaim on Hanukkah years earlier on Yom Kippur. And we can assume that the victory of the Hashmonaim, who were Kohanim, was also attributed, uh, attri- uh, could be attributed to the Teshuvah that was aroused within Klal Yisrael on Yom Kippurim that preceded Hanukkah. Therefore what? The finality of the judgment rendered on Yom Kippur was sealed and completed on Hanukkah as evidenced by the victory over the Greeks. Our rabbis tell us in the Sefer Kolbo, he writes explicitly that the flask of oil instrumental in this miracle was embossed with this seal of Yohanan Kohen Gadol. And he writes, when Bnei Israel triumphed, I'm just translating, when Bnei Israel triumphed over their enemies and vanquished them, it was on the 25th day of Kislev, they entered the Hechal and they did not find any pure oil except for one small flask, which was lying in a chest fixed to the wall, which they could not move. Its mouth was closed and stamped with the seal of the Kohen Gadol. By the way it was sealed, they recognized that the Greeks had not touched the flask. It only contained enough oil to kindle for one single night, yet a miracle was performed on their behalf and they kindled from it for eight days. At first glance, this is very unclear. What prompted Yohanan Kohen Gadol to prepare a single flask of oil, a pure oil? But in light of what we just said, the answer is obvious. Yohanan Kohen Gadol was informed by the heavenly voice in the Kodesh HaKodashim on Yom Kippur that God intended to perform a miracle on behalf of the Chashmonaim in the future, in the times of his son Matityahu. And this caused him to conjecture, why did God notify me of this future ahead of time, this future event? Why did he have to tell me this now, if this was going to happen years from now? Then he perceived via Ruach HaKodesh that the future miracle would involve the kindling of the lamps of the menorah. There is a concept based on a pasuk in Amos that says, Hashem will not do anything unless he has revealed his secret to his servants, the prophets. And therefore, Yohanan, Kohen Gadol deduced that it was incumbent upon him to provide a remedy prior to the malady. It was his responsibility to provide a single flask of uh, of pure oil stamped with his seal. And after doing so, he concealed that flask in the Hechal, hidden, to be discovered years later by his son and the rest of the Chashmonaim during the events of Hanukkah. And this is what the Chachamim alluded to in the Gemara that we quoted at the beginning of the class. They searched and they could not find just one flask of oil. 
that was lying hidden with the Kohen Gadol seal on it. They make two points here. The first point, the obvious point, is that they found a single flask of oil embossed with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, Yohanan Kohen Gadol. And the second point was the flask that they found was Munach. It was already lying there, hidden with the seal of Kohen Gadol. It was lying there ever since Yohanan Kohen Gadol heard that batkol years before predicting the future miracle of Hanukkah. And these two points go hand in hand. He prepared the flask of oil with his seal because he heard the batko. And now we can explain why they ruled in the Gemara that we set up the Hanukkiah, the menorah, on the left side of the doorway. As we said, the Hanukkah candles on the left, the mezuzah on the right. It is well known that the right side refers to the south and the left refers to the north. When a person positions himself to pray, he faces east towards the location of the Mikdash. Therefore, the south is to your right and the north is to your left. Also, the right side is associated with the Midah of Chesed, of kindness. And the left side is associated with the Midah of Din. We said, Yamin Mekarev, the right brings in, and Simol Dochev, the left pushes out. Din is the left. In fact, regarding Abraham Avinu, who we know was the um, epitome of Chesed, it says, Vaisa Abraham, Abraham Haloch Venasoa Negba. That Abraham traveled steadily to the south, to the right, because Abraham was Chesed. But with regards to Din, with regards to strict judgment, what does the Pasuk say in reference to the Galut of the Jewish people when they were exiled from the land? Yirmiyahu says, we say this Haftarah during the three weeks, Vayomer Elah Hashem Elai Mitzafon Tipatach Hara'ah. The evil will be released from the north, because the north is Midat Adin. Why the left side, Din Geburah, strict judgment, why is it called Safon? And the Chachamim explain that all the good that God holds in store for us emanates from Chesed, is also weighed by the Midah of Din, of strict judgment. When God wants to bring us Chesed, there is the Midah of Din that is assessing whether or not a person is worthy of receiving that blessing. If he is not deemed worthy, then the entire Shefa, the entire bounty of blessing remains in storage, so to speak. It's concealed. We call it Tzafun. Tzafun under the latchkey, the supervision of, of Gevurah. Tzafun we have on Pesach. The Afikoman, it's called Tzafun because we hide the Afikoman. David HaMelech hints to this in his Pasuk, Marav Tuvecha Asher Tzafanta Lireecha. How abundant is your goodness that you have hidden? Tzafanta Lireecha. In other words, the abundant good that remains sequestered, Tzafun, is stored in the north, in the Tzafon, in the domain of Din and Geburah and strict judgment. It will be revealed and delivered to the tzaddikim when they're worthy. The rabbis explain that the midah of chesed is always open. It's always ready to provide for 
anyone. But when a person requests what he needs from Hashem, Hashem, I need this, he arouses the midav din. He arouses that of strict judgment so that the strict judgment intervenes. He says, hey, hey, wait, God, one second. Not so fast. Well, let me see what this guy did. Did he pray shachrit this morning? Did he give the proper amount of tzedakah? Did he speak lashon hara on, the, the, during, uh, on Shabbat? A whole bunch of questions. The dean comes and asks God. It is, it is almost like uh, a general of the army stopping him. It is directing this abundant wealth and good that God wants to give us and saying, let's see if he's worthy or not. Therefore, the north is called Safon because the bounty is hidden. It's waiting there concealed. Therefore, all the abundant good that is earmarked for the Jewish people when the judgment is issued and sealed on Yom Kippur remains sequestered. It remains stored in the north the domain of Midat Adin. Rabotai, after three months, however, when the Teshuvah has been proven to be sincere and proper, because we're lighting those Hanukkah candles, then all of that bounty is revealed. And this occurs on Hanukkah. The validity of our Teshuvah is demonstrated by performing the Mitzvah, and the bounty that is hidden, that is Tafun, that is concealed in the north, is, is released to Am Yisrael. And now we can comprehend the profound wisdom of our Chachamim that they instituted that the menorah should be placed on the left side of the doorway, the side alluding to the north and the Midav Geburah. Because we learned that the north, Tzafun, signifies that the abundant good of HaKadosh Baruch Hu designated for us at the conclusion of Yom Kippur is Safun, is hidden, it's stored until Chanukah, approximately three months after the final judgment. Therefore, when we light Chanukah candles on the side of the doorway, corresponding to the north, so that all that bounty that is stored there will be released in the merit of lighting those candles. And this is what the Gemara means when it says, it's a mitzvah to place the Ner Chanukah at the doorway to one's house on the outside indicating that by performing the mitzvah of lighting the Hanukkah candles, we are illuminating, we reveal the bounty that was hidden and concealed in the north, and now we're revealing it outside, providing light for all of Klal Yisrael. And finally, we can appreciate the significance of the Gemara's statement. In the following year, after the miracle of the war, they established and rendered these days as Yom Tov. How? By characterizing it, by reciting Hallel and Hoda'ah, expressions of gratitude. Recall that that's what we ask. Why did the Chachamim institute both the recitation of Hallel and Allah Nisim? And based on what we learned, simple. They instituted Hallel to commemorate the miracle of the lamps. We had only enough oil for one day, but it lasted eight. Yet, they were able to kindle the lamps eight full days. But on the other hand, they instituted the recitation of Allah Nisim in the bracha of modim, in the bracha of gratitude, of thanks. Why? To express gratitude to Hashem for the abundant good and positive influence that He promised us for the whole year. And this bounty, this beracha is released from the north, 
on Chanukah. Therefore, how fitting it is to thank Hashem in the Beracha of Modim Anachnulach. We recite this Beracha daily, mentioning and acknowledging the bounty we receive from Hashem throughout the year. Al Chayenu Amesurim Beyadecha, Vanishmotenu Apekudot Lach, Vanisecha Shebechol Yom Imanu, Vaniflotecha Vetovotecha Shebechol Et Erev Aboker Vetzaoraim. For our lives which are consigned to your hands, for our souls which are entrusted to you, for your miracles which are with us every day, and for your wonders and favors at all times, evening, morning, and afternoon. And this happened three months, three months after those holy days. Yehuda, Kadosh Baruch Hu, sees the Jewish people lighting the candles on Chanukah, singing the songs, cherishing, commemorating the miracles. And he says, Mimeni, those are my people. Those are, that's my nation. And I had, I knew they could do it. They hung on three months in. Not like the Satan said, they did not commit harlotry. It's not true. They're here. They're here to stay. And now, I'm ready to provide for them all the beracha in the world, all the beracha that was being stored in the north, in the tzafun, guarded by the strict judgment, is now for you, chesed, ready for you to enjoy and to provide others with goodness as well. Bezrat Hashem, may this holiday provide us with the bounty that we need to continue in these dark times that we face right now. And Bezrat Hashem, with that will be Zocheh, to light the ultimate menorah, the real menorah in the Hechal, with Yohanan Kohen Gadol, Matityahu, and all of his brothers who were fighting for the sake of the Jewish people. will be, will be Zocheh to overcome all of our enemies. And Bezrat Hashem, we will do that in the coming of Mashiach. Ad ki Because... We wait for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to send us Shela Beni, Shiloh, the Mashiach, so we can celebrate all together. Chanukah Sameach. All the best. Wishing everyone a wonderful night. Be well.